Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. Awesome. So good to see you in church on Sunday morning. Very nice. I think I'm a little loud today. That's all right. We can preach if we're loud. Amen, somebody? Very good. Well, I'm excited today. We have a guest speaker here, and uh, I'm just really thrilled. This is um, someone that's important to me. Um, If you've been through Crash Course, you know how our church structure works, and we have what is called overseers. Overseers are pastors in good standing of churches outside of this church that if there was um, any, any issue with me or anything in the church that needs, uh, needs an outside, objective, wise voice, uh, we have a council of people that can come in and take care of business like that. And, um, and today I get to introduce to you one of my overseers. His name is Pastor Tyler Paget. He's been a part of my life for about 10 years. Um, I remember when I was uh, getting ready to move out of Alaska, I would call him and, uh, and we would talk and um, I told the team this. We were joking about it this morning. Um, there are some people with the gift of encouragement. And then there's Pastor Tyler Padgett. <clears throat> uh, his, his conversations with me were never conversations like, go get him, Tiger. You can do it. He's always been a voice in my life that when I don't know what to do next or I'm, I'm not sure how to make a decision, uh, it's like sitting in a car next to somebody who puts their arm around me and just talks straight into your ear of what you should do. And, um, and I'm just thankful for people that, uh, that don't add fluff and, um, and love our church and love my family. So, Pastor Tyler, would you come and, uh, and have your liberty today? What's up, Celebration Church? I am so glad to see you today. I'm so glad to be here. This is my first time in Idaho, and it has been unbelievable. I thought I was going to the forest. I'm in the desert, people. I didn't know. I didn't know. I just, uh, uh, man, when I got here, I, uh, this is a pretty great kept secret in America. Y'all better do something to not let everybody know about how great. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not joking. I know. Like, and I've been working on saying Boise, not that you're from Boise, but I said it with a Z one time, and somebody accosted me in public. <laughs> so I learned my lesson there think a lot of this church. I think a lot of you. I have supernatural love in my heart for you, and I'm looking at my iPad this morning, and there's donut crumbs on it from Hollis and from Hudson in my office, so let me just get rid of those right there. I love your pastors. I love Roger and Kim, and I fully believe in them, and um, like you said, I'm one of the overseers here. I don't take that lightly, and so I've been here for two days meeting with the staff, meeting with Roger, just kind of looking under the hood and uh, examining what there is to examine. You know, okay, uh, I'm married. <laughs> I've been married for like 23 years or something close to that. 
to my first wife. She's my first wife, and I have two sons. I have a a 16-year-old and a 15-year-old, my oldest six, seven. So when I ground him, I'm like, you're grounded. Um, then I have a, another son who's amazing as well. And um, I pastor a church called the Courageous Church. We're at two campuses. And we, uh, before COVID, you know, we were running about 1,300 on a Sunday. And we would have 2,000 at Easter. And God's given us a lot of favor, a lot of grace. And so I've been right where this church is numerically situationally, and so that, that insight is what I'm using to pull on us today, because like he said, I, I, you guys are significantly in love with Jesus. I mean, you don't need to be encouraged to love him more. I feel it. I'm, you're breaking me down. The worship, I'm over there sobbing like a large Italian man in the corner. All my life, we don't sing that song, and I told him I wanted to sing it, and then you guys break it out. All my life, you have been faithful. <laughs> I'm just breaking down. That's my song. It's true. He's been so good to me. Anyway, I love Jesus and love this church and took a tour of this miracle building. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. Ridiculous favor that God's put on you. And he, he, he set, Pastor Roger set me up. We're going on a tour and he's showing me the back room over here. And he's like, we're going to do this. I'm like, well, why don't you, why don't you, I don't understand why you're not using this and then the lights are on in the room behind me, <laughs> and he walks me in there, and my knees get kind of weak, and the magnitude of what God wants from this church cannot be lost on you. It can't be. Now, I'm Italian. This is my normal speaking voice. I'm not mad. I don't smile, but I yell a lot, and it's not because it's fake. It's real. Are we okay with that? Because I'm not mad, but I am sincere about the things I want to tell you today, all right? Because I feel like you're sitting on a miracle, and I want everybody to know that. I don't want everybody to take what you're experiencing here for granted. This is not normal. You're not experiencing a normal church experience. God has kissed this place. God has said there is destiny on this house. God wants this church to have a large role in the redemption of lost people in this community. Can somebody say yeah? Oh. So I want to talk to you today from the holy word of God. And I want your expectation and your willingness to reach to go higher. Not sneak it up on you. One time I did an experiment and... I live in the Ozarks, it's very close to the headquarters of Walmart, so we have, in my town, we have 18 Walmarts, so discouraging, and I'm not exaggerating, and uh, we're just getting a Costco, I'd never been in a Costco, I made Roger take me to the Costco, and just realized it's a souped up Sam's Club, I was hoping for so much more, but it was great, and I loved it. And so today, uh, after not being out of the house or traveling, because Idaho's wonderful, by the way. Holy cow. Did COVID, was, did COVID visit here? Did it? Because it, we got fixated on it in Missouri. And uh, I hadn't been out in a while, so wearing a belt is new. <laughs> been wearing stretchy pants for a year. My physique shows that. I apologize in advance. Uh, but I went to the airport and had to wash my hands, and 
you know, you, you got the faucets and the towel dispensers that are motion activated. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this, motion activated. I want to talk to you today about motion activated miracles. Say motion activated miracles. I can't break this down completely for you, and please start the timer. We're going to be here all day. Um, I, can't, I can't break this down for you completely, but I will tell you what the Lord spoke to me in that room over there. This move was a Moses move. If you look at Moses, when he allowed the children of Israel to cross the Red Sea, God spoon-fed people with a slave mentality and gave them incredible blessings. It went so far as to say from God to Moses, now raise your hand and I will part the seas for you. God worked it for them to where they could receive something they weren't big enough on the inside to get for themselves. But the next move of God in this church is going to be like Joshua when he took the children of Israel across the River Jordan. And if you look at that story, God said, I'm with you. But the leadership said, now's the time. And the people didn't make the mistakes of previous generations by wandering and wondering. They said, we're with you, let's go. There's a lot more activity involved. The next move of God in this church, and I speak as an anointed vessel of God, the next move of God in this church that will result in this church doubling and then some will be from the heart of the people saying, we will move forward. We will trust in God. And we will do what we can do and see God do everything he can do. Faith is not observation. Faith is participation. I'm not talking about the faith that got you saved. I'm talking about the faith that leads us to be disciples, leads us to be the kind of people that see the fullness of God in our generation. Because what God is doing in this church is not a one-generation move. God's raising up this church to reach multiple generations that it would still be here if the Lord tarries in 50 years. We have a great responsibility. So I walked through Walmart, got sidetracked there, did a little experiment. And, you know, I have, I mean, if I show up at your front door unannounced, I get way back from the front door because you think, obviously, mafia hitman. <laughs> you know? Nobody looks at me and thinks, oh, oh, he seems nice. Like, I don't do, I don't have a nice vibe. I wish I did, but I don't. But I walked around Walmart one day and decided I was going to do things differently. Rather than my resting face, I decided to put my eyebrows up. Isn't that, isn't that friendlier? I know you get zero in on this beautiful face. And why don't you do it too? Put your eyebrows up. Yeah, it's just a whole different feel. And this church needs to have its eyebrows up like you're having a great expectation of something that is to come. Great expectation of something that is to come. And moreover, it's really already here. It's really already here. And so here's what needs to happen, Hebrews 4 and 2 from the King James Version. It says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them because they did not Mix the word with faith. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You have to mix the word of God that is preached in this church with faith. If he starts saying this is our direction, you say that is God's direction for this house. Now, I'm not trying to enter you into man worship. 
my goodness, I'm sure there's a fair amount of compounds in Idaho, is there not? I'm not going down that route. They're not passing out Kool-Aid here. But honestly, <laughs> oh, that didn't hit right, did it? <laughs> I hit too close to home for some folk, didn't it? Talking about your relatives. Uh, we got them too. Uh, the word has to be mixed with belief. I trust in God to do everything he said he would do. And so here's a story about Jesus. I have two stories that make the same point in different ways. I normally don't take two texts, but I'm not going to be here for a long time, so you're all just going to have to deal with my two-text preaching. Is that fine? All right, we're in there. We've just entered into a verbal contract. All right, Matthew 9 and 18. Jesus is doing other things. He's speaking to people going other places. It says in Matthew 9 and 18, I'm reading from the King James, uh, while he spake these things unto them, Behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus is like, all right, I'll do it. And so Jesus is walking somewhere to heal a, or to raise a dead girl. Jesus rode and followed him, and so did his disciples. Out of turn, unscheduled, not in the plans, not in the itinerary, it says here, and behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood. She was hemorrhaging, and she had been hemorrhaging, the Bible says, for 12 years. Came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. There's something I want this whole church to know. This is a, I don't get it, but Idaho's very nice. People are talking to me around town. People are encouraging me and offering to go the second mile at the hotel. People in the stores enter into full conversations with me. I'm not used to this. Pastor told me that when Justin Timberlake broke down in this area, like eight people stopped to help the tour bus. Maybe that's not true. Everybody, okay, nobody likes Justin Timberlake here. I understand. <clears throat> I appreciate the niceness of this area. But in the interest of being nice, we must know that passivity does not produce the possibilities that need to happen here. Great churches are not built on the back of passive pastors and passive congregations. We have to want to see the activity of God in our generation. Do we want to see God change people's lives? Do we want to see God rearrange family histories? Do we want to see God get people off of drugs? Do we want to see marriages restored? Do we want to see the church of God alive and testifying of him? Come on, clap your hands, somebody. That's what this is all about. It's the only thing that will live forever. All right. And so passivity will not produce possibilities, and this woman knew that, and so she pressed through the crowd. Now, there's a difference between being passive and being patient. Patience is a virtue. Passivity is uh, not what I'm preaching toward today. <laughs> Twelve years she had been patient. Twelve years she had tried. Twelve years, the Bible says, she had suffered much at the hands of many physicians. Twelve years she had a bleeding condition. For twelve years it was embarrassment. For twelve years there was unmitigated difficulty for her. But she was willing to tolerate delays 
on the way to where she was going. And she knew, even though I have been frustrated, even though I've seen it before, even though I've had many experts tell me no, even though things haven't worked out for me, I will not become passive. I will not be an observer. I will be a participator. That was in her heart. So I want you to know something. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by We walk by faith and not by sight. So the opposite of faith is sight. The opposite of faith is observation. This woman did not fall into the trap of being a casual observer of what God is doing. When a church gets to consistent attendance like you have had it, it is needing to take a big shift because you can watch the leadership slug it out up to 400. But after you get to 400 people, you have to change everything and people have to have way more skin in the game if people are going to be reached for Jesus. And so faith is not observation. Faith is participation. She said, if I can but touch him, Oh, she said, if I can just get close to Jesus, if I can just get to the place where the power of God is, I know I can be made whole. That is what needs to happen here in our hearts. Scripture says we walk by faith. It doesn't say we sit by faith. The Scripture says we walk by faith. It doesn't say we observe by faith. And so she started saying some things. And this is where... Your overseer is going to check you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, chickity, check yourself. Oh, come on. I know I'm in Idaho this morning, but there are some old gangsters in the house. Any 90s gangsters here? Anyone? Can anyone follow the man of God today as he breaks out some 90s West Coast? This is not the West Coast, but it's closer than where I live. 921 of Matthew. Put it on the screen. For she said, what are you saying about this place? Do you understand that this is a house with destiny on it? Do you understand that God has plucked this church from obscurity and said, I see your heart, I see your works, and I'm going to use you in a mighty way? Has that become a realization for you? Because it hit me like a ton of bricks when I walked through the door. It hit me like a sledgehammer to the chest when I came in this building. And, and maybe you're not, I'm, I'm preaching to the church today because I'm, that's what I'm doing. But, but, but something needs to happen in us. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Listen, it's time to confess that God is on the move here. It's time to speak the fact that Jesus is here. Anything can happen. It's time for us to say God is doing things in this church that are blowing our minds, and we're ready to see even more of it. Clap your hands to Jesus today. Because if you overthink this, you're going to underact. If you overthink this, you're going to underact. And it, you're in the window. Churches don't double twice. This church has doubled twice in the last couple years. You're in the top like 5% of all churches in America by the numbers. Wake up. This is not your boy. 
This is a called man of God. The Lord has put something unique on this house. Everybody needs to open your eyes and recognize. And so there's some stuff we don't need to wonder about. We don't have to say, I feel a passion to serve others, but I'm not sure if that's the devil or the Lord. <laughs> it's Lucifer. It's Beelzebub. <laughs> He's saying, serve somebody. <laughs> no, that's God. You don't have to wonder, I feel like I should give uh, financially, but I'm not sure if that's the devil or the Lord. It's not old Slewfoot. <laughs> it's God opening your heart. There's some stuff you don't have to pray about. You should have no hesitation in spending your life freely for the good of the kingdom of God so people might know Jesus. Listen, I, I, I was raised in church, but it wasn't an easy road. I was abused and rejected and neglected and left by myself and broken and, 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 and hurt on the inside. But I met Jesus when I was young, and he changed my life, and I can't act like I've ever been the same. It still matters to me. And there's a whole, there's double what's here today out there waiting to have that same experience. And if God wants this church to reach all the Californians and move in, then so be it. Uh, now I'm digging through your garbage can. If she had believed something different than what she believed in her heart, which was, if I could but touch him, I know I'll be made whole. If she believed something different in her heart, then, then where would she have been at that moment versus where she was? It was something in her that got her to the sideline. And when she saw Jesus, that faith moved her from the sideline to the street. And moving from the sideline to the street allowed her to experience a great miracle. Celebration, I wrote this for you, celebration cannot be a tentative church. It cannot be a hesitant church. We can't be a church that holds back right now. We need to ride the wave of God's blessing and revival. This land, this building must be fully possessed. And you cannot wait around 10 years to make it happen. You'll be judged for that. Do you hear me? I speak as... I, <laughs> I'm speaking to you as a voice of authority in this church. You'll be judged for that. Great churches are not built on free. Free is feeble. Great churches are built on sacrifice. Great churches are built on people loving God, not doing God a favor. If you think you're doing God a favor, sit yourself down. Your rear end needs to pray through. Did I say rear end in my first time here? Why did you do that? I don't know why you did that. You're not doing God a favor. It's not them asking you to do something. Come on. If Jesus isn't worth everything, he's worth nothing. If he's not Lord of everything, he's Lord of nothing. I've never given anything to Jesus that I've ever regretted. And, and following him has not been a one-way uphill, beautiful mountain journey for me. 
but I've never regretted one mile of it, and you won't either. So God needs no favors from you. He needs your faith to be in action and your belief to be high. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, point two. (laughs) Simon Peter, same kind of situation. The story goes like this. Jesus left the synagogue. This is Mark 129. Jesus left the synagogue with James and John. They went to Simon and Andrew's house. Simon here is Simon Peter. He's not Peter yet. He's just Simon, but he's Simon Peter for our understanding, if you know the Bible. He comes to Galilee. He enters Simon's house. He goes inside, verse 30. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. Simon Peter, okay? His mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand. He helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, then many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. Where did that all happen? Simon Peter's house on his front porch. How many of you know if you have an HOA, that might be a problem? (laughs) Now, you people out in the country, that's kind of normal for you. (laughs) But, 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 you know, this is, this is a unique happening here. They go to this guy's house. Okay, your mother's ready to die. Now she's cooking dinner. And now sick people are getting healed and demonic people are being uh, cast out on the front steps of the lawn, of the lawn. Okay. He goes on to say, um, Later on, in the relationship between Simon Peter and Jesus, Luke 5 and 1. We'll pick it up there. So it was, as the multi- and we're focused here on Simon Peter. The, the point of my point here today is Simon Peter. Pay attention to this. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that Jesus stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Two boats were standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he's gone into one of the boats, which was Simon's. So now Jesus again is on Simon's property and asks him to put out a little from the land because the crowd's big and he needs to, it's like creating a a pulpit so he could reach all these people. And he taught the multitudes from the boat. Verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now Simon's a professional fisherman. He knows how to fish. Five. But Simon answered to him and said, now, nah, listen, I know that you know preaching, but I know fishing. And master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let, if you think so, if you say so, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Can you look at your neighbor and say, a soul-saving, net-breaking revival. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, somebody. <laughs> Verse 6, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Verse 8 is my key for you. So when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Verse 9, for he and all who were with him were astonished 
at the catch. Okay, pay attention. Jesus came to Simon Peter's house to visit. If I show up at somebody's house in the church, they think they're dying. My God, am I dead? No, you're fine. I'm just coming to say hi. He shows up at Jesus. Jesus shows up at Simon Peter's house, and Simon Peter is unchanged. Simon Peter watches Jesus heal his mother-in-law, and he's unchanged. Simon Peter watches Jesus heal sick people on his front lawn, and he's unchanged. Simon Peter watches a thriller music video. <laughs> Remember that? Michael Jackson way back in the day. It's after midnight. Something, something, something on the wall. He sees demon-possessed people set free in his front yard. Poltergeist, Friday the 13th, Jason. All of this happening in the front lawn. And he's unchanged. And then Jesus enters the boat of Simon. And through the interaction of a great catch, say great catch. Mm. Simon falls down on his knees at the feet of Jesus and says, I'm a sinful man, oh Lord. I want you, you, your name, say your name. Say your name. You need to hear this. There is a miracle that happens here that changes lives unlike any other miracle. And that is the miracle of participation. He watched all that happen and was unchanged. But when his hands who were used to hauling in nets when his hands saw a boat sinking ha, net breaking ha, holy ghost revival he was completely changed why am I saying this because you need to get a hand on the net you need to get some skin in the game you need to get connected and stop watching what's going on around here and get in the game that's good preaching, I know. There's some stuff that will only change when you are in the mode of participation. Hmm. Hmm. Notice what Jesus did not do when he was interacting with Simon Peter in that boat. He didn't say, um, Simon, how do you feel today? Do you feel like fishing? Simon Peter, do you think it's a good day for you? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to go catch an amazing net-breaking boat-sinking revival, but you want to take the weekend off? <laughs> it had been a bad day, and he was tired. The Bible said he'd been up all night fishing for nothing. Isn't it funny how we can allow our feelings to impact what God wants us to do and miss out possibly on something amazing? And, 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 and God will ask you to do the biggest things when you don't feel like it. Always. Because you don't feel your way into a miracle. You faith your way into a miracle. So you faith your way into participation. 
You faith your way into participation. We're not flesh-led. We're not feeling-led. We're led by the Spirit of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. The opposite of faith is watch. The opposite of faith is I'll sit. The opposite of faith is spectate. That's why we're called believers and not feelers. We're called believers and not feelers. And so God has called us to be the believing ones for the generations and the hundreds and thousands of souls to come here at Celebration. And so you ought to expect what Simon Peter experienced, which is, pay attention, expect a big ask. If one person snickered, I was coming for you. Expect a big ask. So Jesus said to Simon, let me use your boat. Let me enter into your means of financial whatever. Let me get involved. Let me get involved in your life. Let me, let me touch how you feed your family. Let me, let me touch what you use every day so I can preach the gospel. How many people miss out on the miracle because they want to tell Jesus, you can have access to this area, but you can't have access to my precious. Jesus, you want to show up and hang up at my house? Come on. Jesus, you want to heal my mother-in-law? I guess that's okay. Jesus, you want to use my front porch to heal and to cast out devils? All right. But my boat and my career, what are you doing? And if you've not let Jesus get that close, you've not really fully experienced the miracle of participation. I've looked at the numbers. The giving here is average. It's not that you're bad, but the giving here is average. Average giving doesn't change a community. That kind of enthusiasm doesn't change the world. I love you. I believe in you. I tell you the truth. I've got you in the car with my arm around you, whispering sweet nothings in your ear. Your giving is average. <laughs> because here's the point. The point with Simon wasn't about the boat. It wasn't about the fish. It wasn't about the nets. Jesus is really after you. All of that was to get Simon to become Simon Peter. And you know that Simon Peter was the one he used to launch the church on the day of Pentecost. The miracle of participation isn't after what you do or what you have. He's after who you are. Now, He's interested in your heart. Christianity is about the heart. Uh, now, now, I'm not saying Simon Peter didn't care about his mother-in-law. <laughs> but she was dying and he brought her back to life. And he's like, well, all right. I mean, she's living with him. It, it's not that he didn't care for his mother-in-law. It's not that he didn't care for the house. It's not that he wasn't impressed by people being healed on his front porch. But... It's that all those things, as much as they, they, they maybe should have meant something to him, they weren't the things that God was ultimately after. So the lesson here for you today is Jesus is not going to ask you for something that's not of great value to you. Like, Jesus, you want to use my boat? Well, I, I've worked really hard. I've got this plan. I've got these dreams. I've got these desires. I've got these hopes. 
That's what Jesus is after, all of you. He's after your heart. Jesus doesn't need your money. It's not about money. Huh? It's not about money. If God needed money, it'd be different. We got a lot going on here all of a sudden. What God is after is your heart. God has proven through the miracle of this building, he does not need your money. But if you sit around as a church and say, well, we're waiting on God to park a Red Sea again, wake up, crazy. He's already done that. You ain't getting it again. It's on you. And it's going to happen. I said it's going to happen quicker than you think. Because here's what God was saying to Simon through all of that. If it moves you, it moves me. If it matters to you, it matters to me. Because God wants whatever we do for him to move us. If God's not first in your life, he won't be anything in your life. And you need to move your faith toward him. Just like that woman moved her faith toward Jesus, Jesus moved his faith toward Simon. He moved his heart toward Simon, let's say it that way. That's what's happening here. The heart of celebration and the heart of God whoo, are coming together in a powerful, powerful moment that is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit for not just the city of Napa, but for this region. This is more than a neighborhood church. This is more than a community church. This is a church that will impact the region, say region. You better think bigger. And God's coming for you. It's time to sacrifice. It's time to get involved and serve. If you've never been through crash course, if you've never said you can count on me, I don't care if I just hold a door. I want to be a part of somebody's redemption story. You're at a kid's space. You're not going to grow past the kid's space right now. It's a lid. The lids have to be dealt with. That's money. Where's it going to come from? It's going to come from you. It's going to come from you. And you know what? It's not that big of a deal if everybody has a heart that says forward, forward. Do you want to see a miracle? My God, in my community, churches are dying all over the city. I'm, I'm going to dinner at, 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 in the evenings with pastors of churches who died through COVID. This church has not died through COVID. It's thriving through COVID. There's vision all around. You have to fund the vision better. You have to fund the vision, the vision better. I'm not afraid of you. I love you. But you hear me right now. You got to fund the vision better. Which means if you're not willing to trust God in the tithe, but you're trusting to save your soul, you got it all wrong. You need to trust God first and trust God most. I've done it my whole life. And I've not regretted it one mile. And God's blessed me. During COVID, God doubled my personal financial statement. And I didn't, and I tithe first. I tithe before I pay my house payment. I tithe before I pay whatever. Didn't mean to spit there. That was I'm super polished. There's a move of God that you need to be aware of. And God is moving to you. And you need to say yes to God. If you in your heart are willing to say yes to God, I want you to say it out loud right now. Yes. Mm. There's power in your voice. I don't know how you normally do this, but I know how I want to do this. And I want everybody in the room to stand right now. 
And I want everybody to close their eyes and I want you to take your hands and either put them like this or put them like that. Like this or that. And now I'm going to pray over you and we're going to worship God and God is going to start speaking to you and there's going to be power in this place and the anointing of God is going to sweep in this room and those of you who haven't sang in months are going to sing again and those of you who have thought God forgot you somehow the Holy Spirit's going to get through to you in this moment and let you know that he's moving to you in somewhere you said no and it's time to change what you're saying and say yes to God let's pray right now every eye closed hands up before the king Jesus in your name we praise you and honor you for what you're doing in this house. We bless your name for the great gift of revival. And Jesus, the wave of, of, of growth and blessing you're sending here now by the authority and power of the Holy Ghost. I speak life over your people. I speak expectation and strength over your people. I pray a miracle that comes from participation all over the people of God today. And let the word of God the truth of God be proclaimed with the love of God all over this valley, all over this region for the glory of God. Let people, the dick and the meth, Lord, be cleansed and healed. Let marriages be put back together for the glory of God. Let people that have been away from God and have believed a lie come to a place of powerful conversion. Let Jesus be Lord over this city. And let hell be terrified. Clap your hands to Jesus. Let's worship him today. I love you so much. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.